you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kylo Riley, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit Foster, and you are watching Going In Raw. You like that? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson, available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, a little notify bell next to it to make sure you always get your new Going In Raw notifications. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. A variety of reward tiers can be found over there. Be sure to check it out and support Going In Raw. Yeah. That sounded more like a demand than anything. Consider supporting going no in No demand. Oh, wow. By all means. Ooh, ooh. Please do. Anyways, uh, so SummerSlam 2019 is in the books, Larson. In the books, man. Uh, a brisk show. Three and a half hours for, for the, the main, main card. card. There's really only about an hour. The last hour of the pre-show was dedicated to wrestling. The first hour all talking. So it's a four and a half hour show. 13 oh, matches. Yeah. yeah. Pretty shocking for what's. Sorry, uh, 12 matches. For what's supposed to be the second biggest uh, they kind of consider it like, you know, the summertime yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, it was a good two and a half sh- hours shorter than WrestleMania was this year. Yeah. Uh, Which so is that, great. That was pretty shocking. Yeah, no, it was great. It Like, that aspect of it especially was great. And it was a solid show. Um, it, it, was, it was a good show. We sort of talked about this towards the tail end of the live stream, which, by the way, everybody for, who joined us for the live stream, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. Thank Epico you. Mondo, I think, MVP oh, with, of the weekend. The weekend. Without a doubt. Okay, good. Uh, somebody asked, uh, somebody mentioned that they felt, I forget who it was, they said, yeah, it sort of felt like just a, an episode of Raw or SmackDown. And I kind of disagree with that. I think that some of the matches felt more like well, non-Big Four matches. The last one, the main event, totally felt like a WrestleMania what, match. What they said is, is since there weren't any... Up to this, the, the, that statement was made before the main event. Yeah, okay. Um, the title change thing. The, the, the fact that, that there hadn't been any title changes, hadn't really been any surprises, hadn't been any major, huge story beats Yeah. because of those reasons. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It felt more like... A glorified Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and yeah. up until that point, if you had told me, like, how is this as a SummerSlam? It's a major pay per view. Eh, it's all right. Yeah. But if it was like a B level pay per view, oh, it's a pretty good show. You know? Oh, it would have been spectacular for a B level show. This is up until the main, you know, not including the main event. Cause that yeah, yet. but uh, there are two factors which I kind of, that which sort of brings me around to calling it, yeah, this felt like a big show. Goldberg and Trish Stratus. Whenever they bring legends out <coughs> to do something, Feels a bit bigger. Um, I think one one of my main sort of uh, bones to pick, if you will, is the fact that they don't change the set. It is simply yeah. a raw smackdown. Well, that's set. another reason why it doesn't feel as yeah, and, and that's totally true. Special that, is it the scope it of it? Should be. 
the scope of it doesn't doesn't like feel I understand big. like I understand that, you know there's financial aspect of it which granted these days they that should they have all even, the money in the world that shouldn't be an issue uh, at, all. at least for the major four or five pay per views mix it up right just at least you don't do anything fancy just just mix it up a bit so the the show feels a little more important yeah yeah totally build something just get, something get you know I mean like like at WrestleMania it wasn't fancy a lot of people didn't like it I didn't mind it the huge giant screen. Mm-hmm. It separates it from everything else. Yeah, yeah. Just something that, just something that makes it different. Exactly. Something that makes that it makes different. it feel special, not run of the mill. Yeah. In any event, I mean, you know, it, it was what it was. Uh, but no, I thought that, I thought that, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was fine. It wasn't like you know, oh my god, this is great. Definitely I th- not going to challenge Triple Mania for Show of the Year. That's for sure. No show is going to do that, dude. Except maybe Ring of Honor Summer Card. Um, However, we haven't watched that yet, so I'm not going to watch that. That was a, totally a joke, by the way. Uh, we should ask 25 people who were there in attendance what they thought of it. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like a sparsely attended show. I know, it really did. Was that for the actual card or that one shot? That I one? I mean, that's just a picture I saw. There was somebody in the ring. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, know when in the night it was. There was that shot where I can't remember what match it was, but someone was sleeping ringside. <laughs> If you look beyond the dude sleeping ringside, uh, it looked like there's quite a few empty seats. But anyways, continue. Okay, so I thought that was for the, the title match. The three and a half hour length of the main card of SummerSlam this year. Uh, can we hope and pray that that might be a trend? Like, are we? We is it possible we might see a five hour WrestleMania instead of a six hour WrestleMania? No, seven or hours even a this year. Four hour Wrestle. Wait, the main card? No, well, in total, it was all seven hours. It was a five hour main card. Five yeah. hour main card. So I'm like, yeah. is is it possible to get a four hour main card? I might be asking too much, but I hope so. I hope so too. But if if it's a situation where, uh, at most, any pay per view, save for WrestleMania, goes no more than three and a half, four hours, cool, dude. Mania, five hours is too long. Mania needs to pare down. It needs to. In any event, uh, the kickoff show uh, saw well, the first thing of note to happen in the kickoff show was Finn Balor backstage. He was just standing there. Yeah, he's he's thinking of what are the things that was on his mind? Did he pack everything? Yeah, for his vacation, not Does for, he have his passport? Yeah, as passport, long as you have your passport, you're good. You know, I'm 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 eager to meet my fiance at the airport. We're gonna go on vacation somewhere, probably really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. beautiful weather, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh do nothing for two weeks. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Two That's weeks, probably. that is like two months, isn't it? Well, I meant just the first two weeks he's gonna go. Oh, okay. And it. then they'll do some sightseeing. They'll lose some real tourists. Well, maybe he's going to take some months off, some time off, just to rest himself. I could be Not necessarily in the Bahamas or someplace tropical or on vacation somewhere, wherever it might be, the Caribbean, Mediterranean, mm-hmm. wherever you know, someplace nice. I imagine. Yes. Yes. In any event, uh, he was approached by uh, the, the OC, gang, the club, the OC. Yeah. That's right. The original official only, only club. club that matters. Oh, I got it right that time. Uh, and they uh, basically uh, said, "Hey, you know, if you want some help, all you got to do." Is uh, let us Ask know anytime, and they were throwing up two sweets, and they sort of dithered out of the frame, fade backwards, of, yeah. and just kind of <laughs> walked out. <laughs> they, they sort of like uh, visually trailed off. Yeah, it was interesting because <laughs> AJ referred to Finn as little brother. Yeah, I guess Finn is younger. However, who was actually the the person who formed the original club, the official club, the only club that really matters? Prince, real Prince. He's the real founder. 
Yeah, he didn't really say much. He was just no, kind of. He, he was like, "I'm about to go on vacation. Let me alone." It's like my mind's on vacation, not on my match. So it's always not fun on to you see you guys hanging out. It's always fun to see Bullet Club get together, though. Yes. Uh, first up, we had Oni Lorkin versus Drew Gulak in like a seven-minute match. Does Wikipedia have the time? On this uh, one? I'm sure it does at this point. It was ridiculously short. Yeah. Um, for what it was, it was all right. I feel like if they'd given this on 20 minutes on 205 Live, it'd been great. You just, I did. Yeah. You can tell them what I just did. You. Googled Wikipedia. I Googled Wikipedia instead of going to Wikipedia or just Googling SummerSlam and then going to the SummerSlam Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, uh, eight minutes and 45 yeah. seconds. Really it was fine. You like know, that. we had plenty of slapping and stuff. It was fine. This is the same thing all the time with 205. The best matches are simply on 205. Yes. The problem here is, man, they don't let the pay-per-views become an advertisement for 205 because if they had banger matches on the pay-per-views that might get more although i guess 205 is doing decent in the ratings these mm -hmm. days it keep, mm -hmm. it's like always in the top I imagine five, the word so of mouth like, is probably pretty good i think so yeah um but uh yeah uh, drew gulak beat oni lorkin yeah uh, to retain his cruiserweight championship match like you said lots of slaps lots yeah, of there's punches. Some slaps. i feel like if this had been on on 205 live we would have got a 22 minute yeah uh, match with uh, gulak really uh, stretching Oni, Oni really being physical. They would have been able to tell the story they wanted to tell, um, or they could have told in a much with a lot more. Uh, you know, as we say, they would have let the match breathe a bit more. Yeah. Again, kind of surprising they didn't have one of these pre-show matches on the main card. Given the mm -hmm. main card only went three and a half hours, it makes me think that they really just wanted the main card to be around three and a half hours. Yeah, I was going to pull up the times again because I think the longest match might have been sixteen minutes. Longest match, yeah, sixteen forty-five. Kofi short. Randy, which was not a good match, and then Charlotte Trish went sixteen forty. Mm -hmm. So there was two sixteen-minute matches. Those were over twenty minutes. Even yeah. the main event was under fifteen minutes. Yeah, well under it. Um, finish of this cruiserweight title match. Uh, so Drew Gulak's pulling the ring apron into the ring to try to escape from Oni. So he's like grabbing at it, pulling it, it's getting in the ring. Um, Oni stomps on Drew's hand, so Drew releases his grip on the apron. And so the ref goes over and fixes the apron, so it's not a hazard of the wrestlers. Drew gets up, punches Oni right in the throat, mm -hmm. and then hits his finish to yeah. get the win. Yeah. Um, uh, later on in the pre-show, there's some other, there's a lot of talking going on. We probably should have watched Watch Along for most of this. Um, Drake Maverick goes up to the, the kickoff show panel desk. Watch Along wasn't on at this point. Oh, darn they it. They didn't have the watch along people talking until the main card. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Um, and uh, so he's in his wrestling gear. He's there. He's handing out flyers. He wants to find our truth. Mm -hmm. um, and the camera kind of widens out. And Truth and Carmella are sitting under the glass that's on the front of the, the kickoff show panel desk. Yeah. And Drake doesn't see it. Um, truth and Carmella get out. They have popcorn. They're throwing popcorn at people and stuff and, and talking to the panel. Drake comes back. He says, I have a ref with me. We're going to have a match. He starts chasing our truth after more popcorn throwing. Uh, Carmella trips up Drake, and so her and truth, they escape. Yeah. We would they, see them all later on. They have become so frighteningly good at Carmella jumping on Truth's back oh, and then taking it's off. It's seamless. It's very smooth. Smooth. Later yeah. on, I didn't make note of it, but later on they were doing, they were introducing the uh, international announced teams. And so like third down the line, it's Truth and Carmella in disguise. I really laughed at this. It was pretty funny. They were supposed to be like the British announced yeah. team. Yeah. There was no British announced team. Um, um, yeah, it was pretty damn funny. And they get to the end of the line, and then Drake comes up, 
you know, asking everybody, have you seen, have you seen him? And then by the time he gets to the point where Truth and Carmelo were, they were gone. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I like the, I, I really like that stuff. You get it. It's, 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 you know, spontaneous. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, keeps people engaged. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the next match we had, which was just announced this morning, yeah. I think. Yeah. Apollo Crews versus Buddy Murphy. Apollo Crews' new ring gear was all shades of gray, uh, maybe to reflect. Look at that, two Adam Cole thumbs in a row. It's oh, great. Amazing. Maybe to reflect him not being uh, as happy and colorful as uh, as he used to be, perhaps. He used to have very bright ring gear. Or maybe he just really likes gray. You wear gray shoes a lot. It goes like, with everything. That's yeah, why. It, it, it does. It goes with everything. In any event, uh, him versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, this was this was actually a pretty cool match. How long did this one go? Six minutes, something like that. Four and a half. Six minutes. Four and a half. Four and a half before it got broken up. Yeah. So uh, as soon as the bell rings, they did a lot in that four and a half. They did. As soon as the bell rings, uh, Buddy hits Apollo Crews with a V trigger, gets a two. Yeah, that was cool. Um, later on, uh, Buddy goes for his finisher, Murphy's Law. Crews reverses it into a roll up, gets a two count, um, and then they're on the floor. Uh, sorry, Buddy's on the floor. Um, Apollo Crews goes for a, a moonsault off the apron. Buddy gets out of the way. He tosses Apollo into the ring steps. He gets back in the ring, falls with the tope. And then Eric Rowan comes in out of nowhere, lays out Buddy with a huge boot, throws Buddy around the ringside area a ton, hits a fun splash on him, powerbomb into the ring post. The crowd was chanting, snitches get stitches, of course, you know, because Buddy Murphy snitched out Rowan yeah. as being uh, in the vicinity when uh, uh, Roman, Roman was attacked, yes. got attacked. And then uh, Rowan said, you keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah. Screamed it at him. Besides a video package. Oh, and then we saw Daniel Bryan watching this yeah. from backstage on the TV. Besides a video package, which happened later. Before the Charlotte Trish match. Yeah. Nothing. No Roman. No Roman. Yeah. Interesting. You know what, man? I really appreciate. I really, really appreciate that it seemed to be. We don't have an idea for. X, Y, and Z, Roman, Drew, McIntyre, whatever, let's just not use them. Yeah. That's perfectly acceptable. That's perfectly yes. fine. If you don't have something, don't pad out the episode with something that doesn't matter. Yeah, don't do stopgap measures just to include someone on the show. It doesn't yep. make sense smart. if you don't have a plan going forward. It's exactly. Smart. Uh, next, Elias comes down the ring, drops a promo talking trash about Toronto, starts singing a song again, talking trash about Toronto. Uh, he's interrupted by, you think you know me. On this day, clearly. And then Ed Spirit Elias. Yeah, man. Whoa. Didn't know he was allowed to do that. We probably can't take bumps, but no. I'm sure he could do a spear. Well, he did one. So, yeah. You're right about that. Shout out to Edge oh. with some, uh, I think they're called Pine Green, the colorway. Jordan 1s. Oh, yeah. Nice. Some good shoes, good shoes. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, and then finally, the main event of the kickoff show for the women's tag team titles. Now, previous to this match being announced, which happened this morning, they announced that Alexa and Nikki, your tag team champions, will be taking on Asuka and Kyrie Sane on Raw. Card subject to change, man. Card subject they to change. They should have what whoop. Like announce this match first. Yeah. Let it happen. Yeah. Then announce that match. Yeah. Because not that the, the, the outcome of this was in doubt regardless if they hadn't announced the Oscar Kyrie Sane match but having announced that match already mm-hmm. before announcing this match 
you kind of knew what was going to happen. Well, you can kayfabe it. You know, the Iconics at the last minute did some expert politicking. Hey, why do they get a match? We should have a match. Oh, that match is happening tomorrow? We want our match now. Boom. Kayfabe to baby. They could have. They wouldn't have put that much work in. They just announced it on Twitter this morning. Um, anyway. Right hand, meet left hand. Yeah. There. <laughs> uh, Iconics dropped the promo before the match. Yeah. I didn't hear this because I was coming back from the restroom. What did they say, Steve? Please. They they finished with the future being iconic. Uh, I don't know. They just talked some trash. Yeah. That was it. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, fun enough match. There was one scary spot when I forget what the exact, the exact move was. I don't know. It was a power bomb. It wasn't a power bomb. Just uh, uh, Peyton Bill, did Billy something. Kay, I thought. No, it was Peyton. Was it Peyton? It was Peyton. Did a move on Alexa Bliss, and it was, it was, a, it was a hard bump. She crashing down. It was a hard and bump. And with her history of concussions, it's, it's always scary. When you I worry that. about that, yeah. For some reason, she always, she always takes these. Like, whenever Daniel Bryan is in there bumping, like, besides with the Brock match, you can always tell he's, he always seems very safe, you know? Uh, Alexa, some of the bumps, some of the stuff she does... It just looked like, I don't know if she's just a really good seller or Maybe. what. And she was in this match like 90% of the time for her team. Yeah. Nikki was barely in it. It's not like they put her in a tag team to like protect her. No, she was in this match most of the time. She's doing a lot of that stuff. And she had some uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear inspired gear, Alexa did. Yeah, that was cool. I like, she's, she's a big Disney fan. Yeah. There's always pictures of her on Instagram. At Disney World. Doing Disney stuff. I wonder if that was it. That was the only, Buddy Murphy not a big Disney guy? Oh, is that why they're apparently not together anymore? Maybe. Oh, I can see why Buddy might not be a huge Disney fan. Like in character, definitely not. No, I don't really know what he's like. At it. I never watched not the Divas stuff. Well, he, I don't think he was, was ever. On. Was he on there? Wasn't he? I know she was. I don't know if he ever was. I seem to remember Karen saying something about her relationship with Buddy being like sort of being on camera a little bit on the oh, Divas yeah, stuff. I didn't really watch. I'm really, I'm only really familiar with like the first two seasons before okay. she joined the cast. Ah, there you go then. Uh, in any event. Uh, uh, Alexa Bliss uh, hit Twisted Bliss on Peyton Royce mm-hmm. for the win. So Nikki Cross is still WWE WWE champion. I yes. love that. I think yes, that's, great. that's good. That's good stuff. But man, I would also be happy if Monday came around and uh, totally the Kabuki Warriors picked up those titles. Oh hell yes, man! Probably not gonna happen, but I would love it. I would like. I'd love it too. Uh, finally, we get to the main card, which kicks off with a submission match. You know what a hell of a way to kick off the main card. Exciting <laughs> mat based wrestling. That being said, uh, they did a heck of a job uh, keeping the pace up with this match between Becky Lynch and Natalia. Um, it wasn't a whole lot of, 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 of moments where they're on the mat jockeying for position. Yeah. Um, if they were putting each other in some sort of submission hold, it was generally uh, meaningful and uh, seemed like it, it, it could hurt as yeah, opposed sure. to a headlock or basic kind of arm bar type thing. Yeah. Yeah, this was a very physical match. I thought it was a pretty decent match. Yeah, it was a decent way to open the show. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was it was a bit more exciting than what you'd think of typically of like just a regular submission match. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of wrestlers out there that can like on 205 or Zack Sabre Jr. who can make submission stuff very Daniel exciting. Bryan. Daniel Bryan for sure. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of times uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were a bit, granted, they haven't had a whole lot of submission matches, but, you know, and of course, WB is, is fairly fluid with the rules. Say the um, least. So this was, there was apparently no rope breaks. Yeah, and then even our live stream chat was sort of torn on, is that normal? Is, is that normal? Is that a normal, normal thing? Is it not normal thing? So I'm brought up when Stone Cold lost to Bret Hart. When he passed out, it's because he was reaching for the ring ropes. Yeah. So again, whatever the situation fits, I mean, I, get, I guess if, if the match can only end via submission, 
the no DQs, no countouts. I what get that. that. But one? then the submission has to happen in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. And then people were bringing up that Austin Aries and, and Neville had a submission match. And I think Neville tapped out ringside. Didn't matter because the submission has to happen in the ring. So, yeah, the submission has to happen in the ring, but rope breaks don't matter. But you can use the rope for leverage. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which we saw a couple times here. Um, there's this great bit where uh, Natalia puts Becky in the sharpshooter. She wraps uh, Becky's legs uh, in the ropes. Gets him the second turnbuckle and puts the torque back on him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bret Hart's generally credited with with creating the uh, figure four around the ring post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So this is uh, an interesting evolution of not necessarily that move because the sharpshooter is the same as the figure four, but considering, you know, uh, she's part of the Hart family. Mm-hmm. She took, well, I'm guessing, inspiration from the hitman. Maybe not even inspiration. Maybe direct advice because the hitman was in the building, Larson. True, true. We saw him later on giving some well, advice. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Natty. Natty, listen, I've got a great idea. Something I've always wanted to do, you know. Hold on a second. I've got to record this cameo. Hey, John, it's your birthday. Uh, Just know that the hitman is in your corner, and I hope this birthday is the best it is, ever was, and ever will be. So anyways, sharpshooter around the ropes. In the corner. In the corner. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. So she did it. Becky escaped. The idea, I guess, Natalia was, uh, you can't really hold that for too long. That's kind mm-hmm. of a crazy position. We also saw both competitors put each other in their respective respective uh, submission submissions. Yeah. yeah, so Natalia locked a disarmor in on Becky, and but, Becky put in the sharpshooter on Natalia. Yeah, prior to the disarmor, mm-hmm. yeah, and then Natalia, uh, with her leg strength, flings Becky into the, uh, the turnbuckle to break it, up, break it up. And yeah, you mentioned Natalia puts a disarmor on Becky. She's really cranking on that thing. Um, Becky escapes that, but then Natalia tr- transitions to a sharpshooter directly. Um, and then Becky's crawling out of the ring. She's like half hanging out of the ring. And Natalia brings her act back in, tries for another sharpshooter, and then Becky reverses that into a disarmor. Natty held out for a while. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually tapped. I was happy about that. She held out for a lot longer than I think we've seen typically. Yeah. Uh, I remember Asuka, I remember tapped way too fast for my pleasure. Uh, at their, their WrestleMania match with uh, Charlotte, mm. uh, but no, this was a bit longer than that. I was yeah, it was. That. It was. Yeah. Um, after that, one thing that I, I understand, as far as people saying this felt more like a Raw or SmackDown than a major pay per view, there was, especially the first half of the show, quite a number—not quite a number—but there were more uh, backstage segments than usual. Sure, uh, I feel like the last few pay per views they just kind of didn't worry about backstage stuff, just focused on action in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, because next was the interview with Trish Stratus. Um, it was pretty basic stuff. Yeah, but you know what? She's pretty good at, like, earlier, I think it was in the kickoff show, Natalia had an interview. And uh, she's uh, still not that great, you know. Uh, Trish, you know, in an interview situation especially, like, you know, granted, you know, she's been out of the game for a little while. You'd think it might be, she might be a bit rusty. She came off as very natural. Oh, like, yeah. This, this interview was pretty good. I didn't really feel like she lost a beat. It felt natural. Uh, in front of the mic or in the ring for the most part. Yeah. I don't think she was the same. It's funny when people go away for ages and they just get older. Like Goldberg. Remember, he was terrible on the mic back in the day. He came back after, what, 15 years or whatever? Yeah. He was really good. Of course, he did a lot of uh, MMA commentary. In that, the and you, yeah, that's right. He probably you got probably a hell of a lot more comfortable lot, yeah. talking in front, of, in front of a camera. You're probably completely mic. right about that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this When you Angie that, download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Um, next, we had Dolph. Speaking of Goldberg. Taking on, what did Matt Riddle call him? Old Willie? Old Willie. Goldberg. Yeah. So uh, the highlight of this was, pro- well, it was twofold. I can't, I'm not going to take away from Dolph because... Dolph is actually making a pretty good case for him being around. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matt Riddle, of course, a uh, prominent critis- uh, critic of Goldberg, mm-hmm. was uh, watching along on WWE's Watch Along. Yeah. So both of us had our phones out. We were just listening to yeah, him. Yeah, he related the story of running into Goldberg earlier in the day. So, yeah, apparently uh, he sought out Goldberg. Seemingly. Found, found his locker or dressing room or whatever. And he peeked in. And then uh, Goldberg like came up to him and gave him a big, you know, shoulder hello basically yeah and said hey you know i think you and i have a lot to talk about and he's like oh really bro and, and goldberg says i'm not your bro he's like all right well you know we'll talk whenever you want to talk i'm down to talk bro i'm not your bro <laughs> but then i guess it ended with a oh, pleasure to meet you yeah <laughs> uh so uh and then he was he was Given Goldberg crap the entire match, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty great. Never, uh, it was. It never crossed like a certain line. No, it never crossed no. the line. Um, so Dolph gets in the ring. He drops a promo. Start talking about how he's gonna beat. Essentially, he's like the new beater of legends. Essentially, yes, and that's gonna make him legend. Yeah. Um, his promo is interrupted by Goldberg's music. We get the full intro from backstage. Police escort. All that pyro. All that, all the punching of the air and stuff. They get in the ring, face to face, bell rings. Dolph hits Goldberg immediately with a super kick. Mm-hmm. Goldberg doesn't even wait till uh, the ref's hand uh, is <laughs> off the mat after one. He kicks out. Yeah, he gets up immediately. Dolph hits him with another super kick. Yeah, same thing. Uh, Goldberg kicks out at one. Dolph goes for a third. Goldberg counters with a spear, and then he really milks the moment for a bit. Uh, picks up Dolph, hits the jackhammer, holds him up there for a little bit as if to say, uh, hey, I could still do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, drops Dolph with the jackhammer. He gets the win. Uh, so he's leaving the ring. ring. Uh, Dolph grabs the mic, um, says, hey, being hit by you is like being hit by a baby. <laughs> I knew you weren't man enough to face me man to man. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg gets back in the ring, 
hits him with another spear. He leaves. He's up the ramp. He's backstage. And he goes. Dolph says, give me back the mic. Give me back the mic. I knew you couldn't face me man to man because I'm the best ever. And then Goldberg. I'm undefeated or I will be undefeated. It was actually pretty funny. Goldberg's music hits. Goldberg comes out. He sort of lives on And Dolph is dead. He yeah, is he dead on his feet. He's saying all this laying on the mat, breathing he, heavy. He leans him up and he sort of pats him like, yeah, I think I've proved my point. But of course he hadn't. He bounces off of the ropes, goes to the other ropes, come back. It's for a vicious spear. And I swear I've never seen anybody. And, and we all knew this was coming. Dolph, the, the exact reasons we called for why they put him in there with Dolph played out exactly because Dolph is light enough to be lifted up by a jackhammer and Dolph will sell the spear like no man alive can sell the spear and he did. Yeah. They look great. I think that last one he like bounced almost out of the ring. Yeah. It was I thought it was fantastic. It was pretty funny. It, it was a really fun little segment. Uh so I thought that was totally fine. It was all right. Uh next New Day's backstage um and uh Xavier Woods Biggie hyping up Kofi for his title offense later tonight against Randy Orton. They say, well, we got you something. Something special. We're here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we bring to you Drake. Yeah. Thinking, of course, it's hip-hop star. But no, it's Drake Maverick. Yeah, it's Drake Maverick. And he's dressed up. with. He's got a do-rag on. Mm-hmm. He's got a New Day unicorn. Sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, he pulls a little rap out. Yeah, of his he ass, he yeah. drops some rhymes, and then he's like, I, I, "Why am I doing this?" Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "I've got better things." He's got new flyers whipped up for the twenty four title, twenty four seven title pursuit, and uh, he's like, "You guys are just waste my time, yeah." And uh, what what he said? Uh, I hope I'm doing. They got brought me in here just to appease you or something like that. Yeah. And Kofi goes, "Oh, I'm not appeased. I'm not appeased at all." <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. By the way, Xavier Woods had braids. Yeah. And they looked amazing. Amazing. They looked really great. And so uh, Drake takes off the horn and says, I'm keeping this. <laughs> yeah. And the do-rag. Yeah, and the do-rag. And he leaves. It was good stuff. It was pretty funny. Next, uh, for the U.S. title, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Ricochet came to the ring dressed as Nightwing. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it was his ring gear. He was like you know, like a full body Yeah, full body gear on this yeah. time. It wasn't quite a full body suit because it was he had a top, he had pants. Wasn't one seamless thing, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was but covered. It was still, still yeah. amazing. I'm hoping he posts some pictures on uh, on Twitter or Instagram because I imagine the detail on that. I said this during the stream. The detail on that is probably top notch. Probably, man. Yeah, it was great. It looked pretty great. Uh, early on, Ricochet or AJ's outside, and Ricochet walks on the shoulders of Gallows and Anderson over to AJ. So like, to yeah, hit Gallows and Anderson are on the outside, and then you're, they're like this. And then Ricochet comes off the apron. The, the apron. Dink, dink. Like, they're, these are their shoulders. And then, you know. Rana. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's pretty great. Man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, heel a- AJ works a much slower pace. Yes, he does. If you're familiar with his work in New Japan, you'll see that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was really concentrating on going after Ricochet's legs, yeah. um, especially uh, with Ricochet's uh, uh, aerial talents. You take his legs out, you think you compromise his offense. Pretty early on, he had him wrapped up sort of in a half tree of woe. He had like his leg all bent into mm-hmm. the top corner turnbuckle thing, and he was working the knee. And so the rest of the match was all ricochet 
basically a one-legged man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did he did some cool springboard stuff with one leg, so that was kind of cool. I, hit, I think he hit a standing shooting star press on one leg. Yeah, yeah. There's this great bit where AJ uh, was doing something with him on the top rope, but I don't remember what, I apologize. And he's trying to toss Ricochet off, and the Ricochet does a sunset flip mm-hmm, yeah. onto AJ right out. That was really smooth. Yeah, that was good. Um, but eventually AJ puts uh, Ricochet in the calf crusher, uh, Ricochet does escape and reverses it into an Anaconda device. It was nice to see the Anaconda device. We don't see that very much since CM Punk left and then got fired. That's, <laughs> that's true, yes. Uh, and then uh, the club starts getting involved. Uh, Ricochet lays them out, kicks Carl uh, Anderson, moonsault onto Doc Gallows. Sorry, mm-hmm. kicked Carl Anderson. Carl Machine Gun. Uh, he goes the top rope. AJ pulls him off. So he's sitting on the, on the top turnbuckle. Um, they jockey for a position a little bit. Ricochet kicks him off. He goes for uh, a Phoenix Splash corkscrew moonsault type thing. AJ catches him and sort of like lands him with a power bomb, and then scoops him up. Styles clash. Uh, AJ Styles gets the win. The club come in to celebrate as Ricochet is selling all of his injuries, uh, and then the OC hits their magic killer on Ricochet after Styles picked up the win. Yeah, Ricochet has no friends, so nobody came out. To help him out. Perfect time for Apollo Crews, Akira Tozawa. Alistair Black. Or, yeah, Alistair Black. Well, He's on SmackDown. The, well, it's a co-brand pay-per-view. They were a tag team. He's like a different Alistair Black. He, days, wasn't so. even, he probably wasn't even there last He's in night his or room. tonight. He's in his room. He's lying on his platform. Yeah, no Andrade, no Ray, mm-hmm. no Mustafa Ali, mm-hmm. no Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, after that, the Street Profits uh, dropped a promo, so I went for a pee break. What happened here? Uh, so uh, Street Profits were doing their thing, kind of recapping the show. Um, and then uh, Angela Dawkins was uh, shooting his shot with uh, Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then uh, Ric Flair comes in, mm-hmm. and they just kind of start wooing and stuff. Wooing, yeah. That's about it. Riveting. After that, we had Ember Moon versus Bailey. This was a really fun match. Um, I, Ember Moon came out with a skull mask. Yeah, that was cool. And some fancy eye makeup. Mm -hmm. I thought she looked like a million bucks. Yeah, she did, definitely. It was great. Definitely. Um, I thought this match was good, but the crowd was not into it. Not into it. Yeah, the match before it, I sort of, I've noticed, I mean, I've noticed this before. When you have a match, so you've got like Ricochet and AJ Styles, and it's like a, like a fun match with them. It would easily have the crowd like really into it. But they did the thing where, like we mentioned, you know, Ricochet is selling his leg the entire time, and then he lost. And so I think that kind of killed the crowd's enthusiasm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got this Street Profit stuff, and who cares about that? So heading into this match, it's not like the crowd had a lot of momentum to be into it. I really enjoyed this match, though. No, I thought it was good. Yeah. I think there's a lot of – we've seen the last few years where SummerSlam doesn't feel like the summer WrestleMania because far too often it doesn't feel like a, mo- a, a show or storylines for the most part. There's exceptions. Uh, or blow-off matches, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, like the last few years, you know, we had just last year AJ and Samoa Joe that had apparently had a finish similar to the Kofi-Randy York yeah. match. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a SummerSlam 2, whereas AJ and Kevin Owens had a really wonky finish to one of their mm-hmm. matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we thought Nakamura was going to beat Jinder Mahal for the title a couple of years ago. <sighs> yeah. Didn't, but then they had another match afterwards. Yeah. So part of me, I, mean, I think, I mean, I, I feel this, and I don't know if other people feel this, that you walk into SummerSlam expecting some finality to some of these storylines, 
But you know, that's probably not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. And so you never get that catharsis you get when you know blow off. Like the main event, that felt blow off. Because you know Brock's gone until Survivor Series. That felt like a blow off. The crowd, I I feel you. I think the crowd felt, the crowd was into everything that felt definitive. Like they loved The Fiend. They loved The Fiend. They were really into the Charlotte Trish match. Yeah. They were into that one. Yeah. And they were really into the main event. Um, but yeah, you're right. And this match, I mean, look, here. this is also the thing, dude. What's the last thing, the last thing we saw with Ember Moon and Bailey was both of them getting beat, basically, yeah. by the person who got beat two matches before this. Yeah. By Natalia. They're, 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 they, Ever since this match was made, which it was kind of made out of nowhere. It was made completely out of nowhere. We've been given v- very little reason to care about this match. Sure. Yeah. I mean, very we, little reason. We cared about it because we're big fans of both Ember Moon and yes. Bailey. Yes. Yeah. But in terms of actually developing the storyline, uh, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of reason to care about the outcome of this match because there they was, didn't yeah. give us a reason to. There was really no stakes. Yeah. I mean, the title was on the line, but there, on a personal level, there was really nothing on the line other than Bailey saying, Hey, Ember, we, we were in a tag team match. We won. I think you deserve a title shot. That was it. Yeah, that was that it. That was it. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, you're not entirely sure if this is going to continue. This exactly. finish was fairly definitive, but it's like, yeah, it just sort of felt like. Because yeah. how many times has is, is a story come along where it feels like, okay, they'll move on from this. Mm-mm. Yeah, right. No, just we're going to just keep right this going to because apparently there's nothing else to I do. I could totally see this getting a rematch on Tuesday. Totally. 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 Yeah. Uh, this is a cool spot where uh, Ember Moon, they're on the top rope a little bit. Ember Moon hits a Frankensteiner, follows up with like this crazy code breaker type deal. Mm-hmm. Gets a two. Uh, Bailey goes for a flying head scissors. Uh, Moon reverses it to a powerbomb again, gets a two. Uh, Ember Moon goes up like she's going for an eclipse. Uh, Bailey runs up, meets her up there, hits a Bailey to belly off the second rope mm-hmm. for the win. Mm-hmm, yeah. Fun enough match. Both of them are great. Yeah, just there wasn't the finish was cool. I like the finish. I really cool. like yeah, the yeah. Finish. It, it just storyline wise, there just wasn't enough being put into it. Yeah, like I didn't feel like there was really any real animosity between the two. You know, you know what this match feels like? That like if they had the time and preparation to make like a takeover match between these two, it'd be killer. Oh yeah, because be well, also so they'd invest killer. the time in NXT to develop a real story, and they would do that. Yeah, which I think is the most important thing because I don't feel like. You can book out a match, I feel like, with some interesting uh, uh, counters and moves and, and a cool finish. But unless I feel like there's a storyline to inform why the moves are happening at a certain time and why a particular wrestler has a particular strategy uh, for that match, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's losing some impact. Yeah, no, I agree. After that, we had Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Of course, as Kevin Owens um, uh, were to lose, he would be forced to quit. Um, and so uh, both come down to the ring. Um, Shane drops a promo after he goes to the ringside area and he says, well, uh, I'm here to uh, introduce a special guest enforcer and make things, make sure things are fair and square for this match. Here is Elias. Of course, mm-hmm. Elias just got uh, speared earlier tonight by uh, someone who retired eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Elias is not a threat. Yeah, no. He, He's going to bumble his way through this match. Even, even if he hadn't been just speared, yes. he would still not be a threat because they have completely buried any idea that Elias will ever be a threat yeah. to anybody. Um, I mean, I'll never forget when uh, him and Drew and Shane were kind of initially a faction and the 24-7 title was in front of him, mm-hmm. and Elias 
you know, ran after that like it was scraps. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he couldn't even come out of that with the twenty four seven title in the end. So he's just he's just like the bottom of the barrel, like just scraping the bottom. Oh, man. totally. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the story for the first third of the match was pretty much Shane and Elias uh, 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 taking part in all sorts of shenanigans to try to get Owens counted out. Mm-hmm. So it was generally a situation where Shane and Owens would be in the ring. Shane would leave, run around. So Owens would run to Elias. They would start arguing with each other. Yeah. And then at eight, Owens realized, oh, I'm about to get counted out. He get back in the ring. Yeah. One point, Elias tripped him up. Again, a bunch of arguing because Elias has ref gear on in theory. If Owens were to punch Elias, he's an official. He would be DQ'd. He would lose. He'd be forced to quit. So he couldn't right. hit him. There was a really nasty uh, sh- bit where Shane tossed Kevin Owens off the apron into the barricade, but yeah. he did it with a lot of stank. Yeah, that was Kevin Owens jumped and mm-hmm. just like dove back first into the barricade. Yeah. Uh, later on, Shane goes for a sharpshooter. Kevin Owens escapes. He has a pop-up powerbomb. Um uh, goes for the cover. Elias gets up on the apron to distract the ref. Uh, Owen starts yelling at Elias. He's distracted. Shane rolls him up. Owens kicks out. And then Elias throws a chair in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Owens picks it up. Teases is going to use it. Shane gets up. Slaps him. Again, Owens cocks back like he's going to hit him with the chair. He drops it. He starts yelling at Elias. Um, Shane charges towards him. Owens gets out of the way. So Shane hits Elias accidentally. Uh, Owens follows up with a swanton from one corner, frog splash from the opposite corner, goes for the pin. Elias pulls the ref out of the ring. Um, both both Elias and it was Danilo, right? It was Danilo. Yeah, it was Danilo, Danilo the yeah. ref. Uh, ringside, Owens going for Elias, takes both of them out with a cannonball off the apron. We get a ref bump. Ref bump. Danilo is out. Take, took a nap. Uh, Owens dispatches of Elias. Um, he gets back in the ring. He picks up the chair. Um, oh, Elias pulls him out of the ring. Sorry. And that's when Owen starts takes the chair to Elias, mm-hmm. beats the hell out of him. He's about to use the chair at that point on Shane, but then Danilo comes to. The ref is like, hey, don't do it. Otherwise, I'm going to DQ you. Kevin Owen's like, yeah, you're right. Gives the chair to the ref. The ref turns around to dispose of the chair, and Kevin Owens walks right up to Shane McMahon, gives him a thumbs up, and then gives him a low blow. And then, or no, low blow. Then he gives him a thumbs up, and then he gives him a stunner. Yep, and uh, gets the win. Picks one, up the two, win. three. Totally. So we're totally getting Kevin Owens versus Elias on SmackDown. Yeah, that's totally happening. Um, after that, this is actually a really, really good match. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I know when Trish retired, she was a pretty good wrestler. I did not expect this. She has not had a singles match when she retired, two thousand nine. Yeah, it's been like something a, like that. Yeah. About a decade. It's been a while. I mean, she was in the tag match with Lita. She'd been in a couple of rumbles, but man, yeah. she was bumping all over the place. She looked crisp. She that was the main thing about this. Like Charlotte totally carried the match, but uh, Trish was not afraid to take bump after bump after bump. She pulled her weight completely. Oh, totally. Um, but uh, but no, this was uh, yeah, this was this is. Probably until the main event. Uh, it was probably a match of the night, probably yeah. Probably actual, like, wrestling match of the night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it felt it felt physical. It was very physical, yeah. Um, it, felt, it, it felt like there was animosity there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and again, they built this with only a couple. And granted, it's, it's a legend coming back. You have a story built in. Mm-hmm. But they only had a couple little promo bits to mm-hmm. build this. And, mm-hmm. I, and the match really paid off. Totally. 
Um, of course, Charlotte, she never hits her moonsault. She misses. Uh, Trish falls with a really good-looking slingshot flatliner. Um, she hits a Frankensteiner. She gets a two. And then about, I don't know, two-thirds way through the match, Charlotte starts really working over uh, Trish's leg, goes for a figure eight. Trish reverses it into a pin, gets a two. Uh, Trish locks in her own figure eight, but Charlotte gets the ropes. Charlotte goes for a spear. Trish evades, uh, hits Stratisfaction, but Charlotte kicks out. Uh, there's a little more back and forth until Charlotte hits a boot, follows up with a figure eight of her own. And she had, like, I've never seen her arch, arch. the way she did, like, to that extent before. Mm-hmm. She had it, like, she. That, let's talk about respect. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this as far as I possibly can mm-hmm. and then some. Mm-hmm. And then Trish uh, finally tapped. But again, it's a situation. I don't, Trish didn't tap right away. Right, exactly, yeah. She, yeah. she milked the moment a little bit. Yeah, um, it was it, really it was it was cool. And, and Trish said, "This is her last match, and uh, what a hell of a way to go out!" Oh, absolutely, hell of a performance! Absolutely, awesome performance. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Uh, Seth with rib tape putting shirt on. Uh, is approached by Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Brett's like, go get him. You know, when, when you're done when you're done with your match, maybe you, uh, I found this other promotion uh I'll eat wrestling. It's real great. I'm their champion. I had their championship. And, uh, in my hands, do you want it? I have it, I have it in my luggage. Adrian, who pointed out the fact that Bret Hart was the first person to jump from AEW yeah, to WWE? I know. That's great. Oh, that was awesome. And he'll be back to, he'll be back to StarCast 2 probably, I think. <laughs> probably. StarCast man. 3. I meant StarCast I'm 2, make, T-O-O. I'm not making as much on these cameos as I thought I would. Hold on a second, Seth. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the key to, to winning this match. But first, hold on. Hey, Robert, I hear it's your birthday, and I want this birthday to be the best there is, best there was. I'm not recording right now. Anyways. Seth, you know how to use these phones. <laughs> oh, man. Next up was Randy Orton versus Kobe Kingston, which had a really terrific build. Uh, and this match. This felt like this really felt like something they should have had in SmackDown three weeks ago. Yeah. To build to an actual SummerSlam match. I would never have wanted to watch this match, though. I mean, the, okay, so the with with how the finish was booked completely yes. and totally. And, and if it was, had happened in SmackDown, it would have been 8 to 10 minutes instead of 60 minutes plus. Right, yeah. Because it was a very methodical, slow, typical Randy Orton match. He wasn't doing anything ex- out of the norm. It was <laughs> oh. like he knew this was a placeholder match because they're having the real blow-off in Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell in yeah, October. Yeah. So why really try to do anything terribly interesting? It's sort of like... Uh, AJ and Nakamura's first match at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's like the producer knew, oh, we're doing all sorts of other stuff down the line. So we'll just have a match yeah. to get things started. We'll yeah. save the good stuff for the blow off. 
That's how it And it's, it's just disappointing. Like, it's disappointing that that seems to be the way they go. SummerSlam shouldn't be a placeholder match. It, really, it really shouldn't. It should have consequences and stakes. And I understand the finish, which I don't feel like was terribly communicated very well. So what happens is, is uh, uh, Randy avoids Trouble in Paradise attempt yeah. from Kofi. Kofi goes to the top rope, jumps off. Orton catches with an RKO. And he just lays on his back laughing. Not yeah. really selling an injury. Not yeah. really selling getting beat up. Yeah. Just kind of laughing and smiling for a bit, which allows Kofi an opportunity to roll uh, out of the ring. So by the time Orton kind of says, oh, okay, there's a match going on. Once the voices in his head shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rolls out, picks up Kofi, and Kofi's family is sitting ringside. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of staring at him. Yeah. Trying to be menacing, I guess. Yeah. You know, he's a viper. Yeah. And they're not selling any of it. No. They probably, like, you know, exchange pleasantries yeah. in the back. They probably had no clue what was going on. <laughs> like, they weren't told, you know. <laughs> and so Orton's out there just kind of looking yeah. menacing a little bit, picking up Kofi, not really doing anything. And then Kofi's like, oh, Randy, you're looking at my family. Oh, and then goes after him. Stop looking at these people in the front row. And then the ref just calls for the bell. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was long enough to be a double count out. They, it didn't. And they didn't like have cameras. Commentary, seemingly, and I don't know, maybe it's because we have the live stream going on. I don't feel like commentary was selling it. Visually, they were not selling it. Usually you have good long shots where the ref is, and they emphasize the ref. You got you to gotta have, have the element of the count out in play, at least in the background. Like, you got to clue in Kofi's family and at least tell his wife, hey, Orton's going to stare at you all scary, like, react. Mm-hmm. Because then you can have Orton all. Yeah. And his wife. Yeah. And then Kofi, close up Kofi, like, working out what's going on, figuring out. It's like, oh, no, you don't, Orton. There needs to be also. You don't threaten my family. Either, like, a table spot or they go over the rail. There needs to be some greater physical indication that they are beyond the boundaries of being able to get back into the ring. Yeah, not, not two feet away from it. <laughs> right, exactly. There was just, it felt like they were milling about and then all of a sudden a bell rang. Yeah. And it didn't, it, they just didn't execute it properly. No. So it was like a, a, a crap match punctuated by a confusing finish. And it just conti- it just continues to go. I yeah. was I was all for this feud continuing, but uh, there there really needed to be a different way to. So do imagine that. this had happened on SmackDown three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the match happened at SummerSlam is like you know a no DQ something. You can directly harken back whoop, to 2009 mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden thing when Kofi did the boom drop, put Orton through the table, all that. Yeah. You can, and maybe right. they're going to do that next month, or they're going to do that at Hell in a Cell. I don't know for the blow off, but you could have done that here, mm-hmm. and it would have made all the sense in the world. Yeah, and it would have given people probably a match they really wanted because the the build, while not flashy, was really solid. Or even give Kofi, like the thing is, this was the flash of anger countout thing. Yeah, instead of that, because it's a double countout, have Kofi win in a way that doesn't prove that he's grown like that that to him doesn't prove he's grown beyond what Randy Orton saw him as yeah you know and i don't know what that could be a dq of some sort i don't know like like a cat now where he just gets in the ring they have a crazy spot on the outside kofi just barely gets back where in the Randy ring. can the cat, still the claim yes. that he's stupid 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 yeah like yeah you still have that title but you didn't really beat me mm-hmm. 
in a way that more emphasizes Kofi's main issue with Randy Orton, not just, oh, you looked at my family, I'm going to beat you up. I know. That doesn't play into the, into the central theme of the story. Not at all. That's the problem with it. So anyways, Kofi uh, goes, gets a kendo stick, starts destroying Orton with it, and they're back in the ring. Kofi hits him with trouble in paradise. Like, this should be a chess match, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. And Randy should win the first couple, you know, rounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. He should have him on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, oh boy, we had a vacation Balor in his uh, cruise liner white. Yeah, he came out of his underwear. Looking like, uh, <laughs> looking like Captain Snooping. <laughs> yeah, we had a white leather jacket and yeah. looked like, you know, underwear. Chones. Yeah. Chonies. Yeah. 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 Briefs. And then... We had the debut of The Fiend. Ooh, boy. I did not expect him to come out with a lamp that resembled his own severed head yeah. with sewn shut eyes. And his mouth is agape, open, and inside that is, is the bulb of the lantern. And he has a new remixed version, a redone version, a cover version of his theme song. Well, the only thing is the same is the vocal melody. Yeah. Otherwise, it's completely different. It's terrific. It's really good. It is so good. So did did Slipknot do this? No, there's a, that's a woman singing. No, I know, but I thought maybe they Oh, did. yeah, we'd heard that Corey Taylor had some involvement. Yeah, in yeah, Maybe yeah. he's musically yeah. behind it, but, you know, obviously not the vocalist. Sure. It, it, it worked really well, and the lighting was dramatic. It was, uh, boy, it was good. Camera work needs to be a little more simple because they kind of gave it not quite the sandy deal, but... They did. No, yeah, they, they totally camera did. Camera garbage all over the place. Instead like, of just focusing on how ominous it could be. If with just this, still. just still is better. You know, it His really entrance is, is going to look really good if, on SmackDown when they get those new cameras. Yeah, yeah, it will. That's going to be something else. It will. Um, so, yeah, the lantern's great. Uh, he, he, you know, he's got the, the, like the, the circus ringleader gear. Uh-huh. It all works pretty well. He wore well. the master in the entire yeah, match. Yeah, he started the match with his leather jacket on. Yeah, and he, they were doing these this great stuff where during the match, he would start, like, holding his head. Like, he was either hearing voices or, like, you know, the, the Firefly Funhouse Bray was in direct conflict with the fiend in the head. Mm-hmm. He was selling that, man, he's got some problems going on up here. Mm-hmm. But it was a fairly dominant performance oh, from absolutely. the fiend. Absolutely. Finn got some offense in here and there. Yeah, he escaped his sister, Abigail, after the fiend tried to break his neck. Yes, they did this awesome spot where Finn was on the ground and, and it was just like in a Chuck Norris movie. Yeah. Uh, Fiend grabbed his head and like, you know, whipped his head like that. Mm-hmm. And then Finn and over like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe he just tried to break his neck. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, in the end, uh, Finn went for a coup de gras. The Fiend caught him with a mandible claw. Finn just passed out. Ref counted one, two, three, because yeah. at his point, you know, his, his shoulders were on the ground. Uh, he kept it down for a little bit. Uh, but boy, some crazy lights, some weird light stuff. Lights go down, lights come up. Fiend's gone. Mm-hmm. Finn confused. Yeah, thinking yeah. vacation time. And the crowd was just chanting, "That was awesome!" over and over while Finn's in there, like, "Oh, time for vacation." Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I thought it was a terrific debut. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's probably uh, his the and, best reaction they could hope for. And even like, I know he went for Sister Abigail. But he didn't necessarily move like Bray. Bray has a very specific way that he moves in the ring. Mm-hmm. And this was markedly different from that. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, our main event challenger, Seth Rollins, taking on Brock Lesnar. 
naturally, match begins. Brock focuses on the ribs, bunch of knees of the ribs, mm-hmm. attacking the ribs, doing the thing in the corner, shoulders of the ribs, Shoulder all that. He goes for a German suplex. Seth flips out of it, hits a super kick, follows the stomp. This is like what. 45, 60 seconds yeah. for the match. Yeah. Gets a two. Yeah. Uh, Brock again gets the upper hand. Goes for another German. Again, Seth flips out of it. Mm-hmm. This time, two super kicks. He goes for another stomp. Brock catches him with an F5. Uh, Seth rolls under the ropes. Brock is still selling the stomp, too. Yeah. So yeah. he couldn't get to the pin. And then he goes and picks up Seth by his rib tape and starts swinging him around the ring. <laughs> it was unreal to yeah. see this. One hand. He picks yeah. him up one hand by the rib tape and starts swinging around. Yeah, it was like it was like a sack of groceries. And yeah. he was just spinning around and he tossed him. Yeah. Uh, dumps him. Uh, we get three German suplexes from Brock. Then another ringside. Then another back in the ring. Seth rolls out. Uh, tries to hit him with an F5 into the ring post. But Seth escapes and then pushes Brock into the ring, the, the ring post two times. Two suicide dives from Seth. He goes for the third. Brock catches him. Uh, ramps Seth into the ring post. Um, uh, there's some more jostling back and forth. Eventually, Seth gets the upper hand. Uh, Brock's on the announce table. Seth hits a frog splash off the ring post onto the announce table. That looked ugly when they did the replay. Look, it, it was awesome. It was a great spot. But if you see Seth's legs like crash onto the corner of the of the table, oh, yeah. that looked ugly. Yeah, it's probably that massive so Charlie ugly. Horse for, for yeah. Seth there. Uh, back in the ring, Seth hits another frog splash, follows that with a stomp, Brock kicks out. Seth goes for another stomp, uh, Brock catches him again with an F5, this time though Seth escapes, another super kick, another stomp, this time for the win, a fairly definitive victory for Seth, he didn't have to re- resort to any uh, low blows, no kicks in the front area. This was, this was, so... Uh, some people were saying, hey, why didn't we get this at WrestleMania? Um, I don't know if this was going to be like the story they wanted to tell. Um, I mean, there was the uh, I don't remember what the reports were about the cash in. If that was a last minute thing, I don't, I don't uh, remember much of anything about that. I don't. Um, but I do really I, I really like the idea that this was the match. That yeah, we might have we could have seen at WrestleMania. I kind of like the extension of the story. I'll be honest with you. I know that Seth, they didn't execute Seth's demeanor after he lost his title properly. You and I have talked about that endlessly. The Seth that we saw in the go home, where he said, you know, he's very understated and I've lost everything. That was a Seth we should have had ever since he lost. Totally cash in. Totally completely. However, the 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 big picture story, I kind of appreciate because we had the the really fun chair stuff. Uh, at WrestleMania, <clears throat> we had the cash in, and then we had the match that was the the underdog with the rib tape. Uh, you know, the Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, AJ Styles matchup against Brock Lesnar. Except the the underdog actually wins, and Seth Rollins Please. Please. is all those guys. You know, as one perfect being, uh, but underdog to Brock. It really Brock would have benefited the story if Brock had cashed in sooner. Instead of just having what four weeks to build the story, imagine uh, if they had if they had executed Seth, if they had played him the way we saw in this go home, if that was extended from the cash in, and we had that even hell, just uh, have Brock cash in the pay per view prior mm-hmm, or an episode yeah. of Raw. Yeah, sure. Really yeah. surprised yeah. us, and then give us four to six weeks of miserable Seth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, week after week. 
more beatdowns. Mm-hmm. And so he's finally when he because that moment on the go home show was great when he was a broken man. But imagine if we instead of having two weeks of that, we had four weeks. Of sure, that. absolutely. Yeah, he was just devastated. Yeah, just a shell of himself. Yet yeah. all he really wanted, all he cared about, was getting his belt back. And if you wanna, if you want to play up the Seth Becky stuff, you can play that stuff up a little bit. Like even to her, he's completely dejected. You know. Yeah, but keep it all subtle. Don't make it like a focus of things. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Keep it subtle. Yeah. That's the issue. But that's the issue. They don't do subtle. Well. They don't do subtle. They don't do Very subtle well. at all. But maybe we'll get it. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that was SummerSlam. It was it was more or less a show yeah. built up to focus on the last two matches, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to take anything away from any of the matches, especially the Charlotte and Trish, because I thought that was really, really good. Um, but walking away, what people are probably be talking about SummerSlam this year, years from now, is The Fiend. Oh, yeah. And Seth winning. Yeah. Um, and if you can have, and the, the Charlotte Trish stuff, if you can have a couple really fun moments like that, and even the Goldberg stuff, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. If you can have a couple moments like that, then I think you've pulled off, you, you've pulled off a, def- a decent show, especially right now when WWE, obviously, creatively speaking, they are in a transitionary wow. phase. Last year, there was two, three matches that went over 20 minutes. <sighs> yeah, that is a world of difference. Yeah. Last year, yeah, we had the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar garbage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey defeated Alexa Bliss. Shinsuke beat Jeff Hardy. Oh, Bal- that was last Balor okay. versus no. Corbin. Miz, Daniel Bryan. That was one that went 23. Uh, Smojo, yeah, AJ Styles. Charlotte, Carmella, Becky Lynch. That was a good match. The Charlotte, Flair, Carmella, Becky Lynch. Yeah, that was a good match. Uh, let's see here. New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers and Seth versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. I think this is, uh, to be honest, this feels like a better show than last year for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for the weekend. Uh, it was a blast. Yes. Takeover. And then, of course, today. And uh, we'll be back at you uh, Monday, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. Correct. Noon Eastern. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about going in raw. Help us grow the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Be a part of going in raw today at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy going in raw ad free, gain access to the daily 30 minute going in raw post show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support going in raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.